Well, happy Friday. Are you ready to dominate your finances? It's Sandy Waters. Thank you so much for finding the Seven Figures podcast. And uh, everybody who joins the podcast every week, we appreciate it. Thank you for subscribing and, and telling a friend and writing a review on iTunes. So are you stuck in a rut at work? We've all been there, right? Thinking, what if? Is there something else I should be doing? I'm just not as happy as I once was. Well, when is that right time to make a career change? Before you make any bold moves, this will be a great podcast to listen to. We cash in with our expert, Melissa Compost. Many call her Z. She's a Dale Carnegie master trainer, has been for years, and most recently accepted a job working at Wegmans in store operations. Before we get Melissa on, I want to say a big thank you to our big supporters, Family First Credit Union, a helpful, educated team in our community that enjoys helping you live a financially healthy life. Well, hi, Melissa. Congratulations on your new job. Thank you. I'm making sushi right now. Are you really? Oh, I love sushi. <laughs> wow. It's so fun. Rough day at work, Melissa. I know, right? <laughs> Learning all sorts of stuff. Thank you again for coming on with us. Oh, you got it. My pleasure. When I was thinking about, you know, who to be on with us, we're talking about career moves and everybody gets in the rut of their current job where they're thinking, what if? And I thought of you instantly, not only because of your expertise in all the years that you were a Dale Carnegie master trainer, but you just made this major job shift yourself. Yep. What was it that you said, okay, now is the time? With Dale Carnegie, I love what I do. And the good part is, is that I can still do it part time. And the parts that I love is being able to make a difference for quality internationally by training trainers how to make impact on others' lives, as well as for the people that come into our learning environment. And being able to impact them as and show them who they could be and what the possibilities are. So I've been able to take that, which I feel very passionately about, as well as find something new. Because at my age, I was as far as I could go in terms of I'm one in 25 in terms of instruction as a Carnegie master. So I said, The kids are going to school, right? All of them are full-time in school. So this would be a time, if any, to make a shift and look at it as a yes and. You know, I get to still train, do something that I love, and work for an organization that I feel very passionately about, get to interact with people, which is what I really, really enjoy, and do something completely different now, to do, challenge me. Do you mind sharing your age with us? Oh, yeah. No, I'm 38. Is it better to take bigger career risks when you're younger or more established? I think everyone is different. Mm. But when I was in my 20s, I probably worked really, really hard trying to get as many experiences as I could because in my 30s, I don't want to say that I settled in because I was still constantly growing and taking opportunities, but I was probably more strategic because I had a family. Right. Um, You have somebody counting on you now. You need that paycheck. Okay. Yeah. And I want to be a mom that's there for them and that they have consistently around. 
So I said to myself, as I was with Dale Carnegie, it was awesome because I had a lot of flexibility to be with them before they went into school. Mm -hmm. So I was okay with, and it was still challenging me and I still really liked what I did, but I'm the kind of person, I'm an achiever. It's always what's next, what's next, Mm -hmm. what's next. So what was outside of my comfort zone was being happy with what I had and being okay with not knowing what was next right away or having something to go towards. So my biggest goal over those years was be happy with what you have and create the memories with those kids and have work that is rewarding where you're making a difference and still being challenged. So it was, it was a great combination. When you do start a family, your priorities completely shift. You really do reprioritize your life and you need to find that purpose at work in order, you know, to make it worthwhile. Okay. I got to leave my babies to go to work. I better have a purpose and it better feel like I'm getting back what I'm putting in. That's exactly right. So it forces you to say what's going to be, where can I add value in this world that Mm -hmm. I'm proud of and that gives me reason to not be around all the time? Yes, we need to feel like we're adding value. We need to feel like our employer values the work and time that we dedicate to our jobs. But there are times when we lose sight of our purpose and don't feel like our current position is as good of a fit anymore. When do we know? What what questions can we ask ourselves to see if it is time to move on and find a new job? Our listeners are so wonderful, always giving us great feedback and asking such great questions. So I invited a couple listeners to join in on the conversation with us today, Melissa, if you don't mind helping them. Absolutely. All right. We're going to start with Nicole. Good morning, Melissa. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Nicole, you feel like you're stuck in a rut at work. And even though you're going to talk through your specific situation and get advice from Melissa, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who have some similar questions and feelings going on. So I think it'll be extremely helpful to everyone. Exactly. I've been at my job for a little over 21 years. I've done the same thing. Um, for all of those 21 years. And my thing is I am 42, so I'm not even close to retirement age. And I'm just kind of on the fence of whether or not I should get out there and explore something different. Should I stay here? Uh, I, I guess that's where I'm, I'm kind of caught. I don't know what would be the best move for me at this point in my life. My question to you is, are you bored with what you're doing? I am. Are there things that you like? About there are jobs. There are, but I feel like I have a lot more to offer than what mm-hmm. I'm able to do here. But mm-hmm. you kind of touched on something too with what you said. I don't get to. I'm very much a people person. I think it would be more fitted for a job where I'm able to deal with more of a variety of people throughout the day, every day. Uh, I don't have that, and I think that's something that I'm kind of wishing I did have. Yeah. But I also feel like. I, I get really good vacation time at my job, and it's always been great for me because I'm a single mom. But my son is a senior, so he'll be graduating in June, and I don't really, as much as it's nice to have that much vacation time, I won't really need it. And that's kind of one thing that's been holding me on here is that vacation time. So it sounds like 
similar to my situation. It was, it's good for now, but now what else could there be? In Dale Carnegie, in one of the sessions, we have people talk about defining moments that they've had in their lives, like what makes them who they are Mm -hmm. and what do they appreciate? What are their strengths? And so I would ask you to start journaling and to start thinking about what are those defining moments that make you who you are, that allowed you to build the strength that you have, like people person. I'm sure that you have lots of those. What are Mm -hmm. other times in your life that you've had successes? And start to look for patterns, like things that are consistent, and then say, okay, now what would be the ideal job? So vacation is important. What is important to you? Being somewhere that I can really give my all to, and I, I think... Part of my problem right now is that because I've been in the same field for so many years, I almost feel like that's all it's going to look at me, that I don't know how to branch out of this field into something different. So, and here's what's happening right now. So when we look at visioning, visioning is what could be opportunities. And then a lot of times we limit ourselves. So picture the world is your oyster. Anything can happen. What would you want, right? Like instead of posing that judgment immediately and saying, well, I've done this, right? So I can't do that because then Mm -hmm. you're going to limit your scope of your vision. If you just say, what if, what could be, what would make me happy? You know, what would give me Mm -hmm. purpose? What would fuel my fire? What would that vision be? Sounds like you're at a great point where it's not about being apathetic. It's not about, it's really truly about I know I've got another gear that I can Mm -hmm. tap into, which is such a cool place to be. And so now how can you be intentional so you make the right move? Is there any way at her current position she could vocalize the fact that I feel like I can do more here, contribute more? Because maybe there is happiness there. She just feels like she's in a rut because it's been 21 plus years. True. Yeah. I mean, so in terms of the work environment, would you, is it something that you like, you talked about how that um, you don't interact with a lot of people. Is there opportunity in terms of that? Not a whole lot, but I feel like because there's different parts of my job um, without getting too specific as to what it mm-hmm. is, there's, sure. there's one part that I do like a lot that I would like to maybe pursue in a different area, um, but this definitely is not something I want to do for the rest of my life. This is not where I see myself retiring from. Are you financially so could, okay to make a big risky move? Um, well, that's that's the other thing too. Um, you know, that I should factor could not in. Take a pick. That's a huge factor. It yeah. is, and and that's something I've been kind of up against too. Especially as a single mom, I can't take a pay decrease at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a huge, like you said, it's a huge factor right there. Maybe it's like a two prong approach where you can approach at work and see if there's more that you can leverage about what you like. Mm-hmm. and then be able to start thinking about the best time to look for a job is when you have one, yeah. right? The best right. the best time to be asking yourself these questions is when you're in a role and making those shifts that you're looking, that you just talked about, and just start asking yourself the questions that we were talking about earlier. What does that vision look like? What, and then going into what do I want the work environment to look like? What kind of company do I want to work for? And mm-hmm. then start narrowing what could be potential roles in potential companies. Um, I think my other issue, too, is that I, 
I'm not really sure how to market myself because mm-hmm. people that are looking at me online as far as, you know, like my resume and stuff like that, it's the same industry that I work in now because that's what they mm-hmm. see that I've been doing for the last 21 years. So how do I get myself, get other people to look at me outside of this industry? There's, there's two things. One is look at your other contacts on LinkedIn and see if like there is mutual connections mm-hmm. to help introduce you. And two, one of the things that's always served me well is just getting out into the community, starting to volunteer, mm-hmm. right, to be able to make connections because you never know where you can find them. Because someone told me when I was younger and they said, Melissa, your network is your net worth. What are different activities once your son graduates that you can start to get involved in, in order to start building your network and be intentional? Okay. So start thinking about the vision, start thinking about your strengths, and then you can be strategic about where you choose to spend your time to build your network. Does that make sense? It does. It makes complete sense. All right. Nicole, best of luck to you. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great day, Nicole. Thank you. And thank you for talking to us today. Oh, my pleasure. Okay. So Ryan now, let's move over to Ryan. Lack of respect for all your hard work is really uh, the reason why you feel like you're in a rut. If you could give Melissa just a little bit of a background. I'm 36. And I've been in corrections for a little over six and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have my degree in criminal justice. With our facility being smaller, the biggest issue that myself and a lot of my coworkers have is that, you know, our pay and our respect is more or less based on what they can negotiate with the county mm-hmm. and not based on your performance, based on how you do your job, your skill set, things like that. And it creates a lot of animosity and a lot of difficulty to get along with each other and to really be positive in making the changes that the administration asks you to make. So do you want to change careers altogether, like walk away from this field? I don't know if I want to walk away necessarily from criminal justice as far as the career field, but I'd like to do something a little different, whether it's in more of an analytical phase, um, get away from, um, you know, the one-on-one with the criminals and more into, um, like, hacking and, and uh, cyber cyber okay. issues. You know, there's a lot of cybersecurity issues nowadays. All right. So what's the one question then? What What is holding you up from just making that career move? How do I make that transition without making my family suffer because, you know, I have two kids and, you know, I carry the insurance. That's what, that's what makes it hard for me to make a move. Is this, it's a terrifying thought. Is this kind of the same advice, Melissa, you gave to Nicole where it's like start your feelers out while you still have a position? Yeah. And I would also ask when you listening to you, is it about when you say lack of respect for hard work, and um, money, do you mean that the respect for your work would be demonstrated based on a, like a pay for performance type? Is that what you were saying? I just want to get clear on what's missing. Yeah, because most positions, most jobs, you know, when you do a really good job, when you show that you're experienced, that you're learning, that you're willing to take on additional responsibilities, most companies 
pays their salaries based on your performance. So imagine you had the pay for performance that you were looking for. Would it change the way that you look at your job? Yes, absolutely. So is it really a pay issue and just a pay issue, it's, but you like your job? I do enjoy my job. Um, the other half of that, though, is that being what they call a 24-hour facility, you know, a lot of companies, you work your way from the bottom. Um, mm-hmm. You do overnight for five or six years, and you say, okay, great, I can get off overnight. They kind of did my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, they put you on a day shift for a year, and they go, oh, well, we're going to put you back on overnight. Yeah. But there's females or there's, there's officers that have been there, um, employees that have been there less time than you have that have never seen an overnight shift or have been there longer than you and have uh-huh. not seen an overnight shift in 15 years. Which it seems like this this feeling happens anywhere, right? Any profession. Yeah, absolutely. Builds up the animosity when you look to your coworker and they're getting more perks than you. So how can you mentally just digest that and not have it take over where you just want to quit? Sometimes people don't, we often assume that whether it be managers, whomever, recognize that this is happening. And sometimes they may just be satisfying someone's request but not thinking about the other folks. You know, not saying anything is a decision. So how can you say something in a way that it's not, it's not. You're not complaining. Right. We're not complaining. It's just, Hey, these are some of the things that I'm facing. Is there a way to be uh, more flexible or is there a reason why uh, I have so many night shifts? So that you can understand where they're coming from first. Because a lot of times we make assumptions. If we don't have all the information, we make up the story. So if we can find the information, that may help, but it still doesn't help your financial situation. So what I would suggest is really, and maybe you've done this, what are all the positives to your role? Because there seems like there's a lot of them. And what what are all the drawbacks? And take a look at those drawbacks and see what you can influence. It doesn't seem like you can influence the pay piece because that seems like it's something that's a black and white thing. There may be some other things that can help. And see if based on what you can influence and the drawbacks, whether it's worth staying because I can appreciate as a, you know, with three little ones, it's like to have, you know, the security of insurance and and other things, it right. might be worth staying for a longer time, but you doing that benefit drawbacks and what you can influence in the drawbacks to turn to benefits would be a good place to start as well as start asking yourself, who do I need to know? Who do I need to meet in order to get to what you were talking about in terms of security, hacking, so that you can start to easily make that transition if it's something that you still want. And and learning more about that career path, what it would take, how it would influence your family, and those types of things so that you can ask yourself those questions so it's not, I just need to escape mm-hmm. right now. Like, mm-hmm. I just need, I'm frustrated, right? Right. Look at it from a fact-benefit standpoint. And, you know, one of the things that... Um, we've got to listen to is listen to the black and white and also listen to our heart, right? And so that's, that's a big portion too. I mean, the, the career 
choice that I'm currently in is is increasingly becoming more and more dangerous and more and more violent. Mm. So if I was a little younger, then, you know, maybe it'd be a little different. If I didn't have kids, it'd be different. But Yeah. See, the perspective (laughs) again changes when you have a family. Ryan, best of luck to you. Thank you so much. You too. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Bye-bye. How important is it, Melissa, to be just candid and honest and talk to your supervisor or boss just from the heart, being genuine? It's, it's easy when you have a good relationship with them, right? And, but it can be so difficult when we don't. One of the things that I think is so important is that we as employees, we create expectations for our managers and we judge them based on their behavior. And they're human beings, mm-hmm. right? And But we judge ourselves by our intent. So it's unfair because we know what our intentions are, but we don't know our manager's intentions. So if we can ask more questions so that we can understand their perspective, it helps to reduce any kind of level of animosity because we're understanding the why. Some managers may not be giving that. And maybe it's because of the way that they were, they, uh, they learned their management style. If you think about it, you know, rarely do people take programs for it, Mm -hmm. right? It's more so you learn as you go, trial and error, and then you learn from your past managers. So the one thing that I try to do, whether it be managers or whether it be coworkers, is appreciate them. Appreciate when they're doing things that's helping me. So not only when we get to give them the bad news, because that's, I think, what we're, we're best at is, how can you help me? But also thank you and telling them what we appreciate about them. Hmm. You know, cause they're in like that pickle in the middle, right? Yeah. They've got the upper level that they are, you know, and then they've got the lower level. So they're kind of squished in the middle trying to make everyone happy. Yeah, that's true. Just some perspective. I, I always say focus on try and build the relationship by talking about what you appreciate as well as have some appreciative inquiry and ask questions. You know, Dale Carney, that's one of his principles, ask questions. Don't give direct orders like, I need this, this isn't working. Ask mm. to understand the why. Okay. To help build the relationship. Z, you're so fantastic. Thank you again. I- oh, my pleasure. All right, go make your sushi now. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Are we having fun? Love it. I'll be over. I'll pick some up. <laughs> oh, I love her. She's the best. Well, hopefully this gave you something to think about. You know that you have to be a little bit more strategic when it comes to career decisions instead of just allowing all that frustration to build up to a point where you just can't take it anymore and you walk out. Now you'll be able to take a more positive approach. Be more mindful of what's best for you in the long run. Good luck to you. If you need more advice, please reach out Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com and maybe we can bring Z back on again with us. Okay, it is time now, like we do every week at the end of the podcast, we invite my dad in with his wise words. Father knows best, my dad's two cents. Have a great weekend. Dominate your finances. A recent Bloomberg report indicated that two out of every three Americans don't contribute anything to a 401k account available through their employer. And many don't even take advantage of the employer match. They're missing out on a fantastic wealth building opportunity. If you can contribute 
just $5,000 a year for 40 years with a modest investment return, you can accumulate a balance of nearly $600,000. A little sacrifice now could really pay off in the future.